he overstayed his welcome. This is episode 61 of They're All Going to Laugh at Him. I'm Alex. I'm Jess. We are back. And, uh, shit. This is our October surprise. Yeah, oh, yeah. Also, like, there's been some stuff. Like, I know that when we started this podcast, it was already the pandemic, but did you know that things get worse in 2020? <laughs> it's, I, I do want people to listen to this as, like, a time capsule a little. Because yeah. we're like, hey, it's been, like, what, two months since we did our last episode? Maybe slightly longer. Um, damn, that time got away from me quick. And well, also, uh, <laughs> I, I do need to make an apology. I can't beat Hotel Transylvania 3 because the game fucking crashes every 10 minutes. And I lost my temper pretty badly. He's not I, trying hard enough. And <laughs> also, he, he needs to play it on his computer, on his, sorry, on his laptop instead of on his computer. Because I swear, it's because his computer's too good to run the game. It, I, it might be. But, like, dude, it crashes so often. And the game is already pretty bad. Like, which, whatever. I play terrible games all the time. I, I don't think I could, Someone needs to send me a little Nikki copy so that I can set the world record speedrun on that because this game is too trash to work. It just doesn't work as a game. Um. So, yeah, sorry I haven't set that world record. Yeah. I mean, we are not going to forgive you until you do it, so... Um. Also, I will say we have been officially denied our 100% run of Adam Sandler movies uh, by speedrun.com. Um, they said it was not video game related enough. Kind of bullshit, but whatever. But yeah, I. it's really sad that we didn't get the recognition that we deserve. Yeah. Um, except maybe we did in this. I'm, I'm taking it as uh, complete. What's, what's a term for like, uh, you did good job, here's a thumbs up. What do we do on this podcast again, Jess? <laughs> well... This is a podcast where we watch every single Adam Sandler movie, not every day in a row anymore, because that curse has been lifted. But we watch every single Adam Sandler movie, and we talk about it on this podcast. And as we have decided after our first 60 episodes, we are the only podcast that doesn't hate Adam Sandler. Oh, I'm sorry. It's been like two months since we've done one. You normally ask me a question. What do I ask you? Well, you ask me about... It's so hard to do your own transition. <laughs> what do I ask you? Are you, are you serious? Do you not remember? Do I ask you what we do on this podcast? Oh, why are we doing this, Alex? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I know why we're doing it now. I, I guess maybe, yeah, that's... We, we've we've answered. People. We now know why we're doing it. Um, well, but why don't, like, you, you do your thing. You you do it. It's I really it's <laughs> fit in as well. Well, much like... um. A metaphorical witch hunt against the people who are trying to help us most. These vicious critics and naysayers have tried so hard to pollute the pure comedy aspect of certain individuals. And, uh, shit, I think for the first times I'm going to say, like, hey, spoilers, of course, right? We're just going to legit tell everything that happens in this movie. I'm not going to end that. But, you know, we're looking at the artistic merit of Adam Sandler. Um, and we're about to say every single thing that happens in this movie. So uh, go watch that movie. And The Waterboy, if you don't want any spoilers. And Happy Madison. Or sorry, and Happy Gilmore. <laughs> my bad. Um, and you said Billy Madison. I, I met Happy Gilmore. Okay. Um, and then 
Uh, also, Canteen Boy. Guess how many times I laughed. I think I I think that you laughed like forty times. Ooh, nope, sixty-five times. This was a funny okay. movie. It was I a funny it. movie. Yeah, and Alex, I don't know why you're going all over the spoilers. We always spoil everything that happens in the movies. We go over the plot. Um, but we've never released an episode in a timely fashion, right? Yeah, like, we have. The wrong Missy, kind of. That came out, I guess, uh, a few weeks before we were done. But like, yeah, I mean, go watch this movie. It's it's Halloween time. Yeah. It's a Halloween movie. There needs to be more Halloween movies out there. Yeah, and ones that don't scare me. But you know what? This one legitimately had some good scares. I, I mean, I kind of disagree, but okay. I, you you called something a jump scare, and I was there were jump scares. I didn't even know what it was supposed to be. Oh uh, my gosh! Scare. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Okay, now, my favorite part. What do you think the critics and the audience are saying? What is their Rotten Tomato score? Okay, Alex, we're living in a world where theaters don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Everyone is desperate for some sort of human contact. And let's, uh, well, let's remember, this movie was released 16 hours ago, maybe less. Who yeah. has watched this movie so far and then gone online and rated it? Okay. Uh, people Only who... losers like me. I was the 69th rating. <laughs> nice. On um, I then then that makes sense. I think that it has an 80 percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, from both. Uh, but it has like a, a a nothing from critics. I don't think that this was a critic rated movie. Um, he kind of not really. Uh, no, it, it it's a 56 from critics. Um, and it was a 56 from audiences until I gave it a perfect score because fuck the haters. What does it have now? 57. Okay. By giving it a perfect score, I raised it an entire 1%. You, do you hear that, audience? If you, too, want to restore, brick by brick, Adam Sandler's cinematic reputation, you know what to do. 56 isn't bad. Oh, yeah. For for this? No. Straight up good. Yeah. Um, for a Halloween movie, so, like, mm -hmm. it was half horror, half comedy starring Adam Sandler. It's 56, like it, I mean, it's a movie of the year. It's, I mean, considering how many movies have not come out this year, maybe. Uh, this one didn't give anyone coronavirus, I'll tell you that much. Um, I don't think that it was 50-50 horror comedy. I mean, it was like 75%. No, you know, you're right. It was 50-50. I mean, it was it was a really silly movie on purpose. Um, it, But, like, that's what good horror movies are, is they're not super serious, in my opinion. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, but this one was more on purpose, like over the top than a lot of horror movies are. Mm -hmm. um, it really felt like, you know, it was like a kid's Halloween movie. Um, yeah, yeah. They, di they didn't like make it scary, like to a no. point that like kids are going to cry and stuff. No, that's that's uh, annoying to do. Yeah. Um, I will well, say, I, I want to give a shout out to uh, Karen Hahn. At Polygon, who was one of the few people who said this was a good movie and exactly what you'd expect from an Adam Sandler Netflix movie with a little extra heart to distinguish it from the other movies in Sandler's uneven Netflix run. For it's there you go. Fun. Yeah, that's, that, that, that is perfectly understandable. She she's uh she's had some good uh, views on movies, so one I of the few people in the critics run up that I agree with. I also just think that 
this movie, like all of Adam Sandler's movies are only made for people who like Adam Sandler and that is totally fine. It's only made for people who get all the jokes and now we get all the jokes. We're part of an exclusive club and Adam Sandler continues to speak directly to us. Yeah, um, I want everyone who listens to this, go to my Twitter. It's at Kitty Crusade. We say it at the end of everything. Look at what I tweeted on October 7, 2020. The last image in this movie is basically a shot-for-shot remake of the cover image we use for this podcast. And, like, I understand that's I was playing on a trope, but they just threw it in there, that 80s trope, with nothing. I'm just saying. The Rainbow Sandler. Yeah. They're doing it. It looks like someone watched (laughs) our podcast cover and almost copied it exactly. It... Yeah, I mean... I mean, we do know Alan Covert does know about our podcast. I I choose to believe that everyone involved, (laughs) except for Rob Schneider, listens to our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, Rob Schneider goes, please stop talking about that. I'm not racist. I don't know, they think we're pretty racist. (laughs) Um, But hey, extra point for this movie, Rob Schneider's not only in it, he's not racist. And he covers his face for most of the movie, so it's still pretty good. He's a, he's an okay looking guy. Um, I, I wasn't saying he's ugly. I mean, the least, the less he shows his face in a movie, the more likely he is to not wear a uh, blackface. That's true. Yes, or brown face. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, you got you're flipping a coin with Schneider of whether or not he's doing a racist depiction. I'd prefer for him to wear a pig mask. Flipping a um, coin if one side of the coin was heavily ra- weighted on the racist side. Yeah. You're rolling uh, a d20 and the natural one is not racist. Uh, why is it a crit fail if he's not a racist? Well, do you think Rob Schneider goes to a movie and goes, I have to play myself? That sucks. Yeah, like, you know he's feeling a personal failing when he isn't racist on film. Okay, well, I'm. Do you want me to go over the plot? Yeah, let's do plot because yeah. man, uh, I, I want to say everyone, this hits so much stuff we're talking about and is really a throwback to stuff that I'm excited to talk about because yeah, it's, it's the 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 superhero parable again. Oh, don't get ahead of yourself. Here we go. Uh, we open up the story in a mental hospital slash prison where a patient has just escaped. But <laughs> I had to explain how they escaped. Because all they did was open a window and get out, really. But they they faked... <laughs> the opening scene is so funny. They faked um, themselves lying in their bed by using Jello and hot dogs. <laughs> and uh, it's Ben Stiller playing the... Um, what do you call those people? Uh, ben Stiller plays an orderly. And in fact, the same orderly he played in Happy Gilmore. Yeah, he even has like one of the same lines from he, that movie. He has the same name. Yeah. He's I mean, he's the, he's the same character. Same mustache, same everything. Yep. Uh, anyway, then we go to Salem, Massachusetts the day before Halloween, and Hubie Dubois, played by one Adam Sandler, is a weird guy who tends to be a snitch on the kids, like tattling t- on the O'Doyles for buying a bunch of toilet paper and eggs. Um, he's also easily scared, even though he likes Halloween. And he's continuously attacked by children and pranked by everyone. And no one really likes him except his mom and Violet Valentine, who is his crush from high school. Uh, although uh, he's real, oblivious to this. 
Yeah, real quick, uh, I want you to describe how he's attacked by children and what happens during it. Yeah, they throw eggs and stuff at him, and he dodges them and catches the eggs in his thermos. He has a Swiss Army thermos, he calls it. It is exactly what you might imagine. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's he's on his bike, and, like, you can even ride his bike backwards. It, he, I know what you're trying to get at. It's very superhero-esque. I'm just saying, he, he's got Zohan skills when it comes to bike dodging. <clears throat> he has Zohan skills. Man, Don't Mess with Zohan was a funny movie, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you continue. Don't, we're not going to get on to that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Hubie's new neighbor, Walter Lambert, played by Steve Buscemi, warns him not to check on him if there's a commotion coming from next door. He's just moved in. Here's suspect number one for the escaped patient richie uh what was his name richie hartman richie hartman anyway uh we soon learn from uh, violet valentine that i almost called her vicky valancourt um we soon learn from her that there is a strange tombstone in the graveyard with walter's name on it but it has no death date we also see a patient in scrubs and wearing like one of those hospital bracelets peeing on the yard in front of hubie's house Anyway, Salem is prepped for Halloween, and we get this cool voiceover throughout the whole movie. It's like one of my favorite things about the movie is that the radio that Hubie listens to um, has DJ Aurora, and she has like this really like soothing, seductive voice, and she talks about Halloween, their preparations, and gives us a little bit of like exposition. Uh, anyway, the town is prepping for Halloween. It's their biggest tourism thing of the year, and even though the police officer, played by Kevin James, once uh, the mayor real quick i gotta point out jess did not recognize him when i he showed up on screen and it made me laugh really hard it took me a second um anyway kevin james um apparently was one of the people who put richie hartman, er, hartman thank you richie hartman away the first time um so he's kind of worried but the mayor refuses and tells him trick-or-treat some of my feet he's not going to cancel halloween um, and that they get 85% of their tourism money today. So they gotta stay open. They gotta. Yeah, gotta. keep the economy open, even if it's dangerous. Um, anyway, uh, so people keep pranking Hubie, um, scaring him and stuff. Uh, and soon people start disappearing. All the people who have been pranking Hubie. Uh, Hubie thinks that it's Lambert at first, his neighbor, because he caught him in his in in Lambert's basement acting like a wolfman and jumping out and stuff. Uh, but as it turns out, that was just a red herring, which we find out after Hubie has chased a husky into a haunted house, thinking that it is the werewolf. Uh, but we learned that Walter Lambert and Richie Hartman were both people who um, were in that mental hospital, and Walter just thinks that he's a wolfman. Uh, and Richie broke out to convince him to come back. They were roommates in the hospital. And they've been in the custody of the police for 45 minutes, which is longer than the most recent disappearance. So now everyone thinks it was Hubie instead, because he was around all the people who had disappeared, uh, but he uh, gets away from them, and he goes running off to the woods and ends up at the radio station. Uh, <laughs> it turns out that DJ Aurora is Shaquille O'Neal all along. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, and and uh, Shaq tells us, it's not actually Shaq, but it is Shaq. Uh, he tells us uh, that someone has called into the radio station even more than Hubie has, saying that 
uh, she's going to prove that, uh, like prove her love for Hubie on this Halloween or something like that. Um, and they get the phone number and now we all think that it's Violet because, you know, she's been kind of obsessed with, uh, Hubie during this movie and also had mentioned Chardonnay, which the caller had mentioned too. So they do a sting and, um, they, they're going to call the number while he's talking and trying to get her to confess, uh, while, while Hubie's talking to her and trying to get her to confess. But it turns out she actually is in love with Hubie, but the killer isn't her. And the call was coming from Hubie's house. So Hubie thinks his mom is in danger and he steals a boat <laughs> to go get her. Uh, but when he gets home, he finds his mom has actually tied up all of his bullies to stakes in their backyard. And she's planning on burning them at the stake for being so mean to her boy. Uh, Hubie does end up saving them uh, after consideration because he he has a flashback to all the pranks and all the meanness that they were doing. Um, but he ends up saving them by using his, uh, his Swiss Army thermos. And uh, the bullies kind of change their way after a lecture from the mom and the mom escapes. And it, anyway, a year later on Halloween, he is with Violet and beloved by the town and Violet's foster children who are now also his children. And he's also the mayor. Yeah, he's also the mayor. The end. Um, There's a whole B plot with some kids, um, with uh, Violet's kids who are foster children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think that a lot of that subplot was probably cut out because originally Cameron Boyce was supposed to be in this movie. Yes. And I'm pretty sure Cameron Boyce would have played the foster brother. But Cameron Boyce sadly passed away last year, so. Yeah. Um, and uh, Cameron Boyce was in several of his movies, Yes. Right? Yeah, he played. Uh, um, he was in Grown Ups 2 and Grown Ups uh, as yeah. his son, right? Uh, yes. So, yeah, I, I have a feeling they definitely re-edited that. Um, the actor who did take his place is good, for sure. Um, but obviously, um, kind of didn't have the, they weren't going to do a full B plot around him. That it was probably written for Cameron at the time. Yeah. I, um, I, I think that that's, that's probably true. I mean, they had the little B plot. They had some of the funniest scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids really did act like kids. I liked that a lot. Um, <clears throat> um it had that good message of found family, which appears in a lot of these happy Madison films. Yeah. And specifically them trying to raise up people that are like their friends which is like what i think they're doing with cameron boyce is like this guy kid is funny and he's like good we're going to give him like a solid b plot in this movie mm-hmm. instead of a bit part and then they you know unfortunately passed away um, yeah which yeah the works. guy the guy who plays um that character tommy is will byers in stranger things oh that's why i recognize yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so, I mean, he's a great actor, but... Uh, Obviously doesn't need the propping up. He, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a last-minute villain, um, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, the one thing off the bat is this movie has so many references to not only other Happy Madison products, there's so many to just 80s horror. Oh, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of all the ones, like, off the top of my head. There's Scream references, a ton of them. All of them. Halloween. Um, with uh, yeah, the they escaped, uh, the escaped patient who kind of just stands around and wears a mask. 
Well, that and uh, the one kid's name is Mike Mundy. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like Myers. Mm-hmm. There's a 1984 reference, which was a little weird. I don't know if that's supposed to be. Real I don't quick. know if it was supposed to be. Here, there, quick. there were. Yeah. What year did Adam Sandler graduate high school? 1988. So 19, they made him four years older. I'm just saying that's. that's <laughs> I'm uh, counting it. Um, all right, all right. There, there is the radio voiceover is a reference to some specific movies that especially happened in the eighties. Uh, my favorite turn on that is the it's in in it's always sunny. Charlie starts freaking out because the radio always knows what's going on in his life. <laughs> that one's one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, um, there were Jaws Jaws reference with the mayor not yeah. wanting to shut down the town, um, and they just had a lot of the tropes too, like um, a lot of the Goonies trope with uh, with his uh, do it all thermos. Uh, yeah, that's the- also. I mean, it's also a reference to an SNL skit. But it also, for me, kind of seems like a reference to Cabin in the Woods with the thermos bomb. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's I, like, it's I, Chekhov's thermos, which also happens in Cabin in the Woods. What What is the kid's name from Goonies who has all the tech? You, I, you can't ask me. I don't know. It's It's been so long since I've seen but the Goonies. I, I, I found it to be more a reference to him who has like all these weird thing, gadgets on him. Is his name Gadget? I don't or, know. Or is that a gremlin? Look it up. Gadget's a gremlin. <laughs> yeah, it really um, doesn't matter. Um, they had yeah. uh, the cuts. One of the things that 80s horror movies like to do a lot, like slasher movies like to do a lot, is they, they'll they do a cut where it, so, like it's supposed to be like a mini jump scare where someone's doing something that seems violent, like violent, like chopping something or hammering something with a hammer. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so that's a trope. The bike riding is just an 80s thing. Oh, yeah. Hard. Um, yeah, he'd be yeah. riding the bike everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff's not really good. Uh, some of the references to specifically Happy Mass and stuff, um, which I think we'll guess more and stuff is, of course, Ben Stiller is playing the same character. Uh, the female lead slash love interest is another VV named Violet Valentine, mm-hmm. um, which is supposed to match up with Hubie Halloween, even though his last name's not Halloween. No. Mm-hmm. And that is the same character uh, from Happy Gilmore, of course. Not the same mm-hmm. character, same actress. Um, playing. She's, oh, that's the same actress? Yeah. Oh, so I didn't know that. It's uh, about as blatant as you can get. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is Julie Bowen. I got, oh, that's why her name sounded so familiar. Yeah, I got a lot of um obviously there are a lot of other uh recurring actors from the happy madison universe um kevin james is in it of course steve buscemi rob schneider yes all calls are blart Um, (laughs) tim meadows and maya rudolph are in it they've appeared in a couple of the films um, specifically grown-ups although tim tim meadows has been in other things shack is in it um, and they had a couple, um, oh, Jackie Sandler and, and the Sandler kids are also in it. They, uh, the Sandler kids play the foster daughters. Um, but they also have a couple people from SNL that haven't been in. Yeah. So, oh, I don't think. Uh, I mean, Keenan Thompson was in this and he's never been in one, which 
it's funny. Keen Thompson is the SNL castmate who has spent the most time there now, uh, ever, uh, and will probably be taking over the show. Is what's hinted at, um, which I think will be a good thing. Um, and then the other guy who I find very funny, but he is just such a a blank state slate white man. What is that guy's name? Do you have uh, any idea? I know who you're talking about, but no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I do find him very legitimately funny. He's the like, one who he plays Eric Trump, right? No, no, he plays Don Jr. In, on <laughs> there's no fucking difference. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, there's the oh gosh, I wish I had looked this up beforehand because I'm uh, like Melissa like, Vill- Villasenor yes. is uh, good. Yeah, I love her. Yeah. Uh, in Mikey Day, that's that's the the guy. Thank you, Mikey. Mikey Day, Axehead. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we also have some returning people like Chris Chitone. He yeah, um, plays a, a generic ghoul. And yeah. Alan Cover appears as zombie movie dad. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jared Sandler's in it. He's the lead singer of that band. That's super sick. Um, yeah, there's a... Tim Hurley played the bear. <laughs> they didn't need anyone to play the bear. That's so good. Sorry, that's that cracks me up. Uh, one of the writers just only apparently plays a bear that throws a stick at a uh, QB. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you remember the scene where the two bears are throwing shit at him as he runs for some reason? When he's in the woods. Yeah. Apparently, Tim Hurley's the bear. Um, that's really. I, I, can't, I can't tell if that's a joke or not. That's um, really funny. But anyway, the the thing I liked about this movie is it really took what we thought of in Waterboy. Um, and I think especially me, this idea of uh, you have a strongman character. Um, and Hubie is specifically not physically strong. Um, yeah, they actually show us that he's not physically strong. They do a lot of showing and not telling in this movie, except yeah. for they do exposition dump us about Hubie's great-great-great-grandma and that, that's suppo- that is a a bit of a red herring on purpose though yes like um, um there are no supernatural elements in this movie we just keep thinking there might be right um and also uh they info dump oh hubie it's your favorite night it's halloween stuff like that they do a little bit about of that but a lot of showing and not telling i actually really appreciated that because they don't show us if they don't tell us that Hubie's not strong. They show him trying to open a jar of marshmallow fluff and he can't get it open and his mom opens it for him. Which is weird because last night I was thinking about how much I don't respect marshmallow fluff. I hate that shit. Um, But anyway, that's just a side. He's extremely scared. He isn't strong, yet he does have amazing reflexes as they show that everyone's constantly throwing stuff at him and it never hits him. He can dodge incredibly well. And then he has his thermos, which is always a gadget for th- it's it's the Batman <laughs> utility belt type gadget. He uses it as a grappling hook, a flare gun, mace, a loudspeaker, a flashlight, um, a thermos, a blender. Can you uh can you think of any others? Because there's several more. Um no, I can't. I'm just but, thinking that in the end, it is the the property of it being a thermos holding soup is what yeah. saves the day. Yeah. Um, but it shows he's a 
obviously incredibly intelligent person yeah who, he made a superhero gadget that could help him like solve crimes and stuff mm-hmm. but he never really got there um and the the ending of the movie is his mother's going to burn people alive who have picked on him and like we harped on in the water boy if the mother wasn't taken out he would become a villain he would be yeah. this he would be the butcher of the bayou as i kept saying and that's what Hubie Halloween is, is a guy who captures people on Halloween night in Salem and kills them. Like, and he has all these traps and stuff. He's this gadget man. But instead he becomes the hero because he cares the most and knows the least, which are the two important values for heroes. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't know what's going on and you gotta care about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, whereas the villains, of course, know the most and care the least. Care the least about people, not necessarily about other things. Um, Mm -hmm. so they do a great job of showing, like, and he has that moment where he's deciding whether or not to be a hero, or if he gets his revenge, because if he does nothing, the people who torment him die, and it's not his fault, so he- Yeah, it could have, it could have very easily been a Midsummer moment, spoilers for Midsummer, uh, but it could have very easily been that moment. It could have been a, a, a a legitimate horror movie in the end. Uh, I would love to see him cut of this movie where he fucking murders everyone. <laughs> um, I The movie would be worse that way, though, without a doubt. Um, you can't make that movie uh, with Adam Sandler in it in this way, I think. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, in, in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, it's not a kid's movie. But yeah, in, in um, many ways, it is. <laughs> this is a movie that is obviously made by someone who understands and cares about children though mm-hmm. and that's something i found interesting um, yeah <laughs> one but, of the funniest scenes is when they're in the elementary school <laughs> like the whole scene and the okay however adam sandler's depiction of, of teachers is always a little off base i don't know man i think it's pretty good i really like the teacher character but she dunked on a kid it was very good He's no Doyle, dude. He fucking deserves it. He was no Doyle. He does deserve it. You are correct on that matter. Um. <laughs> uh, there are some legitimately, really, I've said legitimately so many times, funny jokes in this. I It got some really good laughs. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I want to go to talking about the, the sexuality in this movie. Yeah. Because there, there's one joke I think people will get angry about. Um unless you understand they're making fun of it. Uh, and then, but to get to that joke is they're watching the news and the the lady doing the news story is wearing a Harley Quinn, like daddy's little monster getup. And then the weather lady is wearing the same costume. <laughs> and then they cut to Jackie Sandler, who's live on the street, and she's wearing the same costume, <laughs> which is, which is, not only is that a funny joke just to make them all wear the same costume, but it is very funny having these, like, three people with respectable jobs uh, wearing just the fucking worst costume. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to be judgmental. If you wear a Harley Quinn uh, Halloween costume, you don't have any creativity. It's a bad, it's a bad costume every time. Uh, unless it's the old school one, then I can give you a little bit of an okay. You Googled children's Harley Quinn costume? No, because I was getting to the next part. Uh, they do show, 
ja- uh, Jackie Sandler with was it Jackie Sandler or was in another one of the Harley? I think it was Jackie Sandler with a kid who is wearing a Harley Quinn like uh, costume. Um, and if you don't know, the Harley Quinn costume is a sexualized costume. You wear fishnets, booty shorts, and like a very like a crop top. I guess is that is a little monster. Yeah, the one from from Suicide Squad. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is like it's it's a pretty bad costume on an adult. It's a fucking gross bad costume on a kid. And they and, sell them at Spirit Halloween. Yeah. Um. It, it. It. But they. I laughed at it, of course, because they're showing this person's a fucking idiot. They're dressing their kid like this. Um. And the, the kid. The. I want to be very clear though that the kid is not in a super sexualized version of this. No. No. Um, it, it's like the off the rack Harley Quinn costume that this kid is wearing. Yeah, they they don't sexualize a kid in the movie, but they do show that this person is like dressing them up to be, I don't know, like that. Yeah, um, and I would say like if, if I have one issue at all with the movie, it's that it, it they seem to not like sexualized costumes on people. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little bit of that, um, which is dumb and stupid because Halloween is the scariest, funnest, and horniest of all the holidays and that's fine yeah um, unless unless you're just glorifying domestic abuse um which is what harley quinn is a glorification of domestic abuse oh <laughs> uh, yeah harley quinn costumes I, I although i could see someone wearing one ironically but i'm trying to imagine what that would be like i'm gonna point uh, out i haven't seen birds of prey um but i read comic books um, from like the eighties to like the two thousand five era of Batman, and never was Harley Quinn like a strong uh, female character. It was just like, oh look at she's domestically abused so much she tries to kill Batman over and over. And I like that's a fine character, but it's not one I want to dress my kids up as, you know. So Come at me, you fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. I, a lot of the references in this movie were, like, in the Halloween costumes themselves, which I thought was fun. Um, but let's talk about the ultimate Halloween costume as the parody of Canteen Boy. Yes. Do you want to give the rundown of what Canteen Boy is? Sure. Canteen Boy is an SNL character that Adam Sandler portrayed, uh, like, 25 years ago. And he is just... Um, a, like the Adam Sandler voice wearing a Boy Scouts hat and has a canteen around his neck and uh, people make fun of him in the town. And he often <clears throat> talks about his his snake hunting and, and things like that and people make fun of him, but he always gets the, the one up in the end. Um, for example, he summons a bunch of snakes to attack some people, um, including Jeff Goldblum at a garage sale at one point. Uh, but he also talks about his girlfriend who lives in Canada uh, and and a couple other things that are directly referenced in the movie itself, in, in Hubie Halloween, including some details like an owl at a Boy Scout camp. Yeah, he's got problems <laughs> with that owl. Uh, and I liked that they, they took that character uh, because we haven't mentioned it, but Hubie, Adam Sandler uses the Adam Sandler voice for Hubie 
in this movie, making it an extra happy Madison movie. Um, Hubie is just like that character. He is kind of a dweeb. Uh, has a, a he? I mean, he has a thermos, but it, instead of the canteen, is picked on a lot by everyone in town. But kind of gets the one up. He actually is a competent person in the end. So mm -hmm. uh, I just. I, I thought that that was pretty interesting. Alex is the one who pointed out that this was a character. Yeah, um, I, I just found it interesting that they're they're evol still evolving SNL skits and mm -hmm. doing that. Um, and then you know they had all the SNL people. They were newer members, but they were in the movie. That and uh, I, I think, like one of the interesting things is using this older um, character, Canteen Boy, which people aren't hollering for the return of Canteen Boy. No. Like, they'd love to see an Opera Man thing. Although I think an Opera Man movie would be terrible. It would be but very like, bad. You know, him doing 10 minutes of Opera Man, people are like, oh, nice. Um, no one cares about Canteen Boy, which no. is why I kind of like him bringing it back. Um, but one of the big, kind of how the movie ends, and something I think they did well, um, even if they fucking, like, really dumped it on, is the, the Hubie's character seems to not be wanted and like they don't like him and it shows constantly that Hubie himself doesn't understand that people are uh that people like him he's yeah. used to being hated so therefore that's what he expects and he can't accept the fact that uh Vivi I don't know her name in this one Vivi uh Violet him. Violet Valentine Violet Valentine likes him um, and he's wasted a lot of time due to that because he, he doesn't have the confidence to, you know, reciprocate or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, which is a good, that's, that is a good message towards many, uh, I want to use nerdy as a, like, anti-social, uh, term, but, like, you get what I mean of, like... Yeah. Uh, the, the, Socially you know, awkward. Yeah. I mean, obviously you can go the other way where... Everyone has to like me. How did this? Per how can this? Yeah, but whatever. They they do it this way. I I think it's a pretty solid message of it. Also, yeah. they're doing it meta on purpose, and I want to talk about that. Is the quote I started with, which was, you know, the no baby he always stayed is welcome, which is when people are egging him and making fun of him, and then later they say, okay, hold on, they they're egging him, making fun of him while he's giving a safety talk at the elementary school. And I think it's Sonny Sandler's character says she kind of feels bad for him. And then the teacher says, says that line, no baby, he just overstayed his welcome. Yeah. Um, and in the final part, his, his mother is saying like, he's done nothing but try to be like considerate and nice. And all you do is hate him. All you do is lavish on hate. And he turns around and tries to do something for you. Um, and I, that's like a big meta thing where they're talking about like, uh, Sandler's probably taking personally the fact that a lot of people really fucking hate him, um, but also he's kind of, I think, turning the corner and he doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's not going to go villain with it. He's going to make oh, threw my pen. Uh, he's going to make a perfectly acceptable movie that is pretty funny and has some decent morals and it makes a few people laugh. Yeah. And I know he has a Netflix deal. But like he's also, you know, releasing it on in Netflix during pandemic, which he released two Netflix movie during a pandemic, which is, you know, again, he has a Netflix deal, but look at all these fucking assholes refusing to release movies because it's, you know, not going to theaters. That sucks. Um 
I, I don't think he gets dinged because he already had the deal. I think he uh, gets points for keep pushing it out. He he was at the forefront. And I'm it's a Halloween it movie. <laughs> and it's a Halloween movie. It's a Halloween movie. We need more Halloween movies. And I believe that it has an original Halloween song. I do want to try to get uh, that that song. I don't, I don't know how, why or how, but like it was pretty good. Oh, I didn't tell you wanted me to go over my uh, my Halloween story because there's yeah. a uh, there's a very good Halloween party in this. Yes, um, which is like so they had punch with booze put into it, uh, a band playing like new Halloween songs that they made up, and just said that looks like a sick party mostly because the band i said like yeah i've been to like one halloween party that good and she couldn't believe it so the party i went to there's there's at the jewish synagogue i i grew up near i was 16 wearing a costume um i was was a costume i was alex from a clockwork orange um so you know big eyelashes on one eye i was wearing a bowler i had a uh the straps that hold up your pants. Can't remember what those suspenders. Um, I wasn't wearing a cod piece because they were out of them at the store downtown. You've gone to that store. Yeah, the uh, cod piece store. Well, no, no. When we went to Burlington, uh, we stopped by that store. It's yeah, at the cod piece store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I want you to know which store it was. <laughs> I know you're making jokes, but you know. Um, I, what store was it? Like the only store we went in, the, you know, the uh, extremely gay store. Oh, yeah, yeah, downtown. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyone yeah. in Burlington already buys stuff there, so I don't have to say anything. They just run out of <laughs> cod pieces that year. Um, <laughs> that year they didn't have enough cod pieces to go around. Well, anyway, uh, you're the thing okay. was, we went in. I it was definitely not for people who were 16. Um, but I got in because my buddy Ajax was at the door. I got a free cup. Uh, and then me and my buddy, my buddy was wearing a gas mask and all military outfit, and no one would talk to him because he looked like a fucking loser, and he was. Um, because he was glorifying the army, uh, and then later went into ROTC and then left because it was too hard, um, and then cried about it. Um, I don't know, back then he was racist, so fuck that guy. Um, (laughs) but anyway, he left and I hung out, and the band kept playing jazzy versions of the Ghostbusters song, (laughs) and then the lead singer yelled, Hey, anyone want to hear that Ghostbusters one again? And someone yelled no, and he goes, okay, and then they played it again. And I was having a great time. But uh, it, it, was, it was like like a super good jazzy funk version of that. Um, if anyone knows who was playing at the Jewish synagogue near my house in 2008 for a Halloween party, let me know. That band was sick. Yeah, um... The party in the movie was awesome. I'm very jealous that that party was happening too, and I have never been to a cool Halloween party uh, ever, except for the one time I went to a Halloween party where all we did was play some role-playing games. It was really fun. Um, actually, that, that has happened in two Halloweens. We played Halloween role-playing games. It was fun. Uh, but uh, I did do a little searching for those original soundtrack pieces, and Ooh. they were partially performed by Jared Sandler. Oh, I thought he just—I thought he was just playing that part. Oh, yeah, well, he actually, apparently, part of his—he—he—he uh, he, he helped or performed it. Uh, yeah, it had—it had at least two original songs, which I thought were pretty good. There needs to be more Halloween music. 
because Monster Mash and Ghostbusters, which they make fun of the fact that those are like the two Halloween songs. Uh, we need more. We need more of them. So, um, yeah, let's let's do uh, our our cleanup. Um, there was a reference to the movie Shortcut, which was sick. We got it. I don't think very many people will. That was only for us. This movie was made directly for us. Again, it was. Um, That was a good reference. Good work, guys. Um, Points for them saying that they threw out the Epsteins. That was a good reference. That was very good. Mm -hmm. Um, The scene where a freshman in high school orders black coffee to be cool was (laughs) very good. Yeah. Um, Cops all suck. Uh, politicians put uh, economics in front of the safety of their people. Hell yeah, we're back to Comrade Sandler. Love it. Um, There's one other thing I think I wanted to get to. There's Nightmare on Elm Street thing, because they said Elm Street. Oh, that's right. There was the interesting part where the mother called in the media before burning people alive, which was probably just to link two plot points together. But did you feel like that was specific to anything i think that she she thought that hubie would save them and all she was doing was try to um like because she said that she was going to go and i think that meant she was like planning on leaving probably going to retire somewhere probably leaving and she didn't want hubie to be a loser forever so she wanted it caught on camera so he could be a hero yeah i think that's what happened all right um and then the the one oh the wait one... i had one more reference wait oh. um well, two references. Uh, in the drive-in, they were playing uh, My Son is a Teenage Vampire or Teenage uh, Zombie or something like that. Yeah. And that's definitely a Night of the Living Dead reference because it was filmed in black and white. And also at the drive-in scene, I, I'm pretty sure it was a reference to uh, the Stephen King car book. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? What movie is that? What book is that? It has a woman's name. I was a teenage zombie is a real movie. Just what? Yeah, it's a no. comedy horror movie from nineteen eighty seven. My son was a teenage zombie was the name of the movie. Oh, yeah. huh. It's very very close to something. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's close to that. Uh, the the car was a reference to that one thing for sure. Um, and there there was a line uh, uh Mike mentioned that he thought we talk about that. Christine. Now. Christine, yeah. Um. It it was the the lady who I think her name was Dot who says I'm asexual and she's making me horny. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's funny because I I thought um, that was a fucking hilarious line, uh, and I I didn't take it as a a a like asexuals can be turned out asexual. Yes, I didn't take it like that. I took it as a like specifically funny line from that person and mm-hmm. i think with with the idea of how sexuality was portrayed in this movie which was a little strange at time maybe a little stilted mm-hmm. um, and you know specifically making fun of certain costumes and uh, mm-hmm. one girl it, it has it has very i'm not like other girls vibes yeah. um but the the old lady saying that was i thought funny i thought it it, it worked well um, and was she it. was she a reference to the Pilgrim Town from Billy Madison? Because she dresses I, up like a pilgrim. I th- well, yeah, because she's never not dressed like a pilgrim. I do know it. Like ninety five percent of the movie happens on Halloween, maybe a hundred percent. I can't remember. No, the morning before would have been 
the day before Halloween, but uh, or maybe it was all the same day. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, I can't tell if she just dressed like that or not. Yeah. Because, like, before, that's when Hubie and Valentine are wearing normal clothes, and she's dressed up like that, so who knows? Um, what is I her name in the movie? What would she be called? I thought her name was Dot, but I don't actually know. And one of the things I thought was funny is the thing they always do in Sandler movies is have old ladies fuck. Um, so it, is, it was a very funny thing for uh, her to just be like, I'm asexual instead of the normal horny grandma. Oh, speaking of horny grandmas, the t-shirt gag, the running t-shirt oh, gag, yeah. very good. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Sandler's mom wears like a, I shaved my balls for this t-shirt. She said <laughs> she got them at a, the thrift store and then like muff diving squad and uh, boner donor. <laughs> boner donor. Oh, oh man. Yeah. There were some good ones, yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to find who that would be. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Farmer Fran was in the movie too, but he played someone else, but I think it was probably Farmer Fran. Who knows? Uh, other than that, uh, I think, do we, do we have anything else for the I, movie? No, I mean, I think it's worth it to watch if you just want something easy to watch for Halloween. Like, you're doing a Halloween watch party, you want something fresh, you don't, you don't want to watch the same three Halloween movies over and over again and you don't want to watch something super scary watch that it has has some good fun tricks I would put it up at like a Halloween Town level I thought you said you hadn't seen Halloween Town but, but I know the kind of movie it is yeah I would also put it there so that's fair <laughs> yeah um, but yeah uh, they did a good job yeah um, so we haven't got around to it yet but we're still formulating our our Sandler, what's going on with all the movies as a whole? What do we think the the Magnus Opus is trying to do? What the themes are? And we're going to come out with that episode soon. But, uh, you know, you've seen how life is. Fuck, dude. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's um, hard to do anything. Give us a break. Yeah. Um, I finally got caught up with work, so um, that's all I can do. You know, I I can't do anything. I can't. It's, there's there's no doing anything right now. Uh, I mean, you have a full time job. I'm I'm playing video games a lot and then like writing once every week, <laughs> and uh, you know, trying trying to trying to maybe not have fascists in power, guys. Pretty <laughs> fucked up there, guys. Um, yeah, go vote. Please. Yeah. I know that that's not the, the solution to everything, but... It's yeah. a reasonable way to solve some issues. And yeah. then we do more. And let, let's leave on this bit. Um, hey, you can bully Democrats into doing shit if you're fucking loud enough. Republicans don't give a shit. So just vote in Democrats and bully their asses. Or progressives. Progressives are always better. Alright. Yeah, you can find our podcast on Twitter at Laugh at Him Pod. You can also find me at, at Joska. Uh, you find me at Kitty Crusade. Um, also, we... I want to do a shout out. Next week, we're doing a game jam. So uh, look look at Twitter on that. Do you remember what game jam we're doing? Just yeah. look at my calendar. It is a Great Gatsby themed game jam because guess why? Are you, are you asking me? I know why. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you why. I'm, I'm telling okay. you why. I'm telling you to tell me why. Oh, 
uh, because no more uh, IP is done. What's the term for that shit? Uh, I, uh, copyright. Copyright's done. Yes. Starting the 1st of 2021, you can just say this is an official Great Gatsby game. So that's we're all right. making one and we're flooding the market because I don't like Great Gatsby. That's that's right. I think uh, that kind of does like that. I kind of do. <laughs> I kind of do. Um, it's not my favorite, though. I don't, I'm not in love with it like a lot of English teachers are. Um, well, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash wannabe games, except you really can't because we never actually have done it. Yeah, no, like, don't, don't do that. Um, yeah, don't. Instead, we're going to sell games eventually. Fucking buy them. Buy Moonpunk. Yeah, Ooh. instead what you should do is, like, go out and just buy a shit ton of stamps. Man, is that still the thing? I yes. forgot about the UPS one. That is um, still the thing. Um, and, um, you know, keep keep speaking out against fascism and, and oppression and, and racism and white supremacy. Um, make sure that you are vigilant on election day and making sure that people aren't being, like, know your rights. Know, know your rights and, and fight for your rights. And also and, fight for and, your right to party. And also listen to Know Your Rights by The Clash. It's a really good album still. And learn how to write. It's, it's been long enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened to all these, you should probably you should probably be illiterate now, guys. Yeah, yeah. If, um, if instead of listening to every single one of these episodes, you practiced writing. You'd be good at writing by now. Good. You'd be good at it. Um, you, you could at least get the letters down, guy. Come on. <laughs> Fuck. We, we forgot how to end a podcast. Well, huh? I know how to end it, and I'm going to end it by by mentioning that, um, speaking of, like, like comedy throwbacks, like, this one was definitely a throwback for those Happy Madison movies, uh, and there's a sequel to Borat coming out. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Borat's famous line... <laughs> Oh, uh, no, what is it? It's my wife. <laughs> Please. Uh.